Good morning, everybody. Good morning. My name is Joyce Smuda. It's my privilege to be worship leader this morning. And it's especially a good thing because I'm going to have next to nothing to do. Our youth group has come back to us from Mississippi, and they're going to be conducting the bulk of our service this morning. Hello, I'm John Campy. I'd like to invite you to join me now in the call of worship printed in your bulletin. In Micah, we hear God's command, do justice. Love kindness and walk humbly with God. Help us to find a way to get in the way. To work to right the wrongs of the past. To listen to the lonely and the forgotten. To get our hands dirty. To get into some good trouble. To do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with our God. Today's scripture reading is from Micah chapter 6, verses 8, uh, 6 through 8. He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? May God bless the reading of this holy word. Thanks be to God. Hi, I'm Sophia Young. Uh, many of you may know that we went to the Mississippi Delta for our service project. The part of Mississippi we went to was the Mississippi Delta. It is between the Yazoo Mississippi Rivers, and it's farmland and it's very flat. It's like here in Davis, except humid and green. Um, the Delta is described as a third world, a third world country in the most in, in the heart of America in many ways. This is true. We went to Sunflower County, and it has a population of 27,000, and the town Sunflower has a population of 1,000. About 38% of the population of Sunflower County lives under the poverty line, and 55% of the children in Sunflower County live under the poverty line. About 79% of the population is African American, and about 72% of the population have graduated high school, but only 14% have um, earned a college degree. The per capita income is about 13000 but compared to the state of Mississippi, everybody else gets about 20000 we stayed at Sunflower UMC, and they run Delta Grace. They house volunteers and coordinate service projects. They have rooms and beds and a large kitchen. The towns in Sunflower County are all pretty small, even to, but even to this day, most of the towns are still segregated. Even schooling is segregated. Almost all the white kids go to private schools, even though there is no, in nearby towns, even though there is no law against the African-American kids going to private schools. Um, most of the African-American kids go to public schools. As you can see in the picture above, their auditorium at the public school has a huge crack in it, and the library is, not, is very run down. But in the next picture, you will see that the private school is in much better shape. This is one of the nicer houses in Sunflower. It's a little outside, but most of them are very run down and have garbage in front of them. Despite the challenges, there are hopeful signs. We visited Sunflower County Freedom Project, which gives less privileged kids great opportunities. This is one example of all the projects that are in Delta to help make a difference. Hello, I'm Mitch Fingling, and I'm going to give you a little taste of our Mississippi experience. Usually we cooked our own meals at Delta Grace, and Kelly gave us our own jobs to like cook and prepare, set the table, do the dishes, and so that meant we had to eat vegetables, so we didn't always get to eat fried food. 
almost every morning we ate fried chicken from the double quick. So, <laughs> it's chicken on a stick. We ate and saw alligators. We ate it deep fried and in gravy. I licked an alive alligator once. Um, one work day, we went and bought coolicles at a stand. Coolicles are pickles soaked in Kool-Aid. <laughs> Southerners really like buffets, as we learned. Um, we ate two buffets. One on the left was prepared by a women's group on our last night at Delta Grace with chicken pasta, green beans with bacon, a lot of like starch. It was really good. On the right, it was a kitchen, or like a uh, restaurant, the Two Sisters Kitchen, and there was fried catfish and really good biscuits there. Um, there was desserts too. There was beignets, a French dessert on the left, and bread pudding on the right. We visited the BB King Museum, and that was really cool. Uh, Mr. Jimmy was our project manager, like on the work site. And he had, gave us all nicknames. I was Biscuit Boy, uh, Sophia was Little Bit, and Carolina was Miss Van <laughs> was Miss Vanderbilt. Um, there's and his favorite saying to tell us was there's more than one way to pluck a chicken, which uh, which basically meant that it doesn't matter how you do it, just that you have to do it. Thank you. I am uh, Ricky Pacherini. I'm Brandon Pacherini. And uh, so we wanted to tell you a little bit about the work and who we helped on our trip. Um, so starting off, uh, this is the wheelchair ramp of what it looked like before. Uh, this is at Miss Bunny's house, and uh, her brother, Mr. Clyde, was uh, bedridden, and they'd have to call an ambulance every time to get him out of the house because they couldn't wheel him down this because it was too steep. So that's Miss Bunny. And... So we just had to finish that last part on that wheelchair ramp, as we see working here. Uh, that's Colin and Mr. Jimmy in the pink shirt. He was helping us out, the project manager. That, pic that picture uh, actually made it in the uh, newspaper in Sunflower. And then, uh, that's Miss Veronica teaching us how to use a circular saw. Oh, that's the pasture at Sunflower uh, Mississippi Church. Um, so with some of the leftover wood, uh, we made some uh, flower beds uh, that we had leftover wood from the wheelchair ramp, so we made flower beds for uh, Miss Bunny. And that's the uh, finished product. And That photo made the paper in Indianola, the newspaper. Um, so this is uh, another house we helped at. The man in the blue shirt is Mr. Sylvester, and then uh, that's his aunt, Miss Annie. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Alice, excuse me. Uh, and so we helped, this is some of the work we did there. So we finished up, we redid their bathroom. It was, uh, the walls were kind of rotting through and stuff like that, so we finished that up. So that's the, that's the finished product of the bathroom. We went up on the roof to repair some holes so it wouldn't leak, and we took off a tarp on the roof. That's the tarp that we were taking off. Um, we also washed down the sides of the house, so we're pretty dirty. And then um, the, uh, the pastor told us that uh, it was real important to her that we build relationships with the people that we're helping. So she said it was 90% relationship, 10% work. So she said she didn't even care if uh, we went the whole week and didn't pick up a hammer if we were building relationships with uh, the people that we were helping. 
Uh, on the last night, we get uh, a chance to uh, invite the people that we helped for a little uh, service at the church. So this was our last night's service. So those are, that's John working on the pews. We had to unscrew these little things to take them out, to lift them out, because we had to redo the whole ceiling. But that's going to be for a next project there. That's there. We're varnishing all the wood to put them up on the ceiling. And the back wall where all the wood is, that's what the ceiling is going to look like. So now we'd like to invite all the children to join us up front. And the adults, while the children are coming forward, our uh, ushers will be passing out our sign-in pads. And it's really helpful if you could sign in to let us know that you're here today. Thank you. all of you here and it's nice to see some of our teenagers who used to always come up here for children's moment and someday you'll be wearing mission trip t-shirts and you'll be leading children's moment so um, one of the things I wanted to kind of start by saying is have you ever gotten in trouble (laughs) into any bad trouble Josh have you gotten into trouble what have you done that got you into trouble Punching, yeah, that's some that's some bad trouble that we get into. Anyone else? Teens, do you have any examples of bad trouble you've gotten into that you want to share? <laughs> what? My mommy was funny and she fell on a Okay, so your mommy fell. That was, that's trouble. That hurt her. Any other examples? Sophia didn't eat her vegetables once, just once. (laughs) Josh? Jumping on people, also bad trouble. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to show, actually, Brandon, I'm wondering if you can turn around and show the kids in the congregation the back of your T-shirt, because it has a slogan on it. And um, kids, does anyone want to read the very first word under the sunflower? Uh-huh. Yeah, so it says good trouble, and we always think of trouble as always being bad. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> but, uh, but there's some trouble, causing trouble, causing, you know, raising questions, causing turmoil that can be good, which is kind of hard to think about. So this man right up here, one of us has met this guy. So who, who is this, John? Um. He was part of the uh, March on Washington. He was a partner of Martin Luther King Jr. And fun fact, he's the only um, man alive who spoke at the March on Washington. And Sophia recently read a book of us. So what's his name? Uh, isn't it John Lewis? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, 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 Sophia, while we were on this trip, downloaded a comic book about John Lewis. So this is uh, his Twitter account, and this is what he always says. He says, uh, now I can't find it, let me see. <laughs> he says, you're never too young or too old to get into good trouble, necessary trouble. 
And so sometimes getting into trouble means uh, going to Mississippi. Um, and our youth group um, traveled to a tiny town because we wanted to do our part to, um, to, uh, to help folks who've been hurt by a system of racism and a system that doesn't uh, give people opportunities. So that was our way to do good trouble. And then this week, uh, a member of our congregation got into some good trouble. And right there, you can kind of see, you may have seen her in our, in our pews before, is somebody who is? No, oh, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Reverend Kristen Stone King. She's the one with the rainbow stole. And so she felt so strongly about um, injustice in Ferguson, Missouri, that she got arrested this week. Um, so that she could draw attention to that situation. So we, all, we don't all have to get arrested uh, to get into good trouble. There's lots of ways to get into good trouble. Um, but I want us to, to think about that and be inspired as we go into our week. So let's uh, end with a prayer, if we can. Dear God, please help us in our week ahead. Please help us to stay away from bad trouble. Um, but to find some ways to get into good trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. Next little, our next hymn, This Little Light of Mine, is a traditional hymn that's been sung to many different tunes with many different words over the years. And our youth group sang it during their time in Mississippi. Uh, we're going to sing it again today, and we have some words that have been specially tailored to the situation. You'll see them up here on the overhead. Please stand if that's comfortable for you, and we'll sing this little light of mine.
name is Colin Ruan. I am one of the youth that went on the service trip to Mississippi, and I will talk about acting with justice. When I was told that I was supposed to talk about acting justly, as written in Micah 6.8, I didn't really know where to start. Naturally, as any teenager my age would do, I looked it up on Google. Essentially, the result it gave me was, if you do something bad, you go to jail. This wouldn't do, so I narrowed down my search to, what is godly justice? I found an article that said godly justice involves standing up for the weak and standing up for those who cannot stand up for themselves. During our week-long service trip to Mississippi, a need for godly justice presented itself through the story of Mr. Clyde. After spending a significant amount of time in the hospital, Mr. Clyde came home to live with his sister, Ms. Bunny. Although reunited with his family, Mr. Clyde, a bedridden man, could not leave his house because his wheelchair ramp at his residence was poorly designed and severely mangled. Consequently, Ms. Bunny could not drive her brother's wheelchair down the ramp and had to call an ambulance every time Mr. Clyde had to leave the house. For Ms. Bunny, this made providing for her brother even harder than it already was. But for Mr. Clyde, this turned his home into a jail cell. Mr. Clyde had done nothing wrong to deserve this kind of punishment. Yet he coped with his imprisonment daily. In the eyes of conventional justice, the kind of justice that says if you do something bad, you go to jail, there was nothing wrong with Mr. Clyde's situation. But in God's eyes, something completely unjust was taking place. Mr. Clyde was the victim of a crime that conventional justice had no answer for. It took many Christians to free him from his bindings. It took the thousands of dollars generously given by this congregation to pay for food, materials, and travel expenses. It took the hard work of our youth group and our leaders. It also took the meticulous planning and patient guidance of Mr. Jimmy Moore, our project supervisor, and Ms. Veronica, the pastor at Sunflower UMC. Through the work of our hands and the emptying of your pockets, Mr. Clyde received a brand new, sturdy, safe, easy-to-use wheelchair ramp. When we are called to act with justice, God doesn't call us to blame or punish anybody, because sometimes there isn't anybody to blame or punish. Instead, God calls us into action, whether it's in Sunflower, Mississippi, or right here in Davis, California, because an evil needs to be undone, a wrong needs to be righted, and the love of Jesus Christ needs to be shared through the Holy Spirit that empowers us each and every day. Good morning. My name is Emma Finklang. Um, so we took an entire week out of our summer, my, Carolina, and Ricky's last summer before heading off to college or future plans, and our chaperones, Rita and Chuck, both took a week of vacation time to work tirelessly in the thick humidity of Mississippi. Anyone who has ever been to the South in August knows that doing construction work in that weather is not easy. We all had to have good intentions at the beginning of this trip. Otherwise, when that first wave of heat and humidity confronted us as we exited the airport, we would have hopped right back on that plane. 
The real issue is, how do I stand up here and detail all the hard work we put in and still adhere to the third part of this passage? Walk humbly with your God. It seems to me that not a single picture of me in this slideshow is flattering. We literally spent a week drenched in sweat as we drilled boards, stained wood, and trimmed bushes. There was so much moisture in the air, we even began to sweat while standing perfectly still. They say not to wear your nicest clothes on these trips for a reason. I got bleach all over my t-shirts while scrubbing mold off the siding of one house. Termite poop rained down into my hair as I pulled nails from rotten boards. It was gross. Of course, the deplorable conditions and back-breaking work are justified through our desire to spread God's love and kindness. The joy on Miss Alice's face when she talked about having a new bathtub or the relief in Miss Bunny's eyes made satisfying all the hours spent working. And so that is where humility comes into the service trip. Because... While the people who volunteer on the mission trips already bring with them kind hearts and a desire to serve, humility is a trait we have to learn along the way. Talking to the people we met in Mississippi, I was reminded of all the history they have to share with us. When taking a snack break on the driveway in Mr. Sylvester's house, he shared with us what it was like to grow up in Muttney, Mississippi, the infamous place where Emmett Till was killed. After speaking with the owners of the homes, I was reminded that everyone has a story to tell. Just because we were fixing up their homes did not mean we were better people or that we had more to share. It simply meant we were helping a neighbor, following God's call to love others as we love ourselves. We weren't there to save people. We did not go to Mississippi to swoop in as superheroes and save the day, rescue people from their seemingly miserable conditions. Instead, we went on this trip to use the kindness within us to spread the love of Christ. We listened to God's call within us and found the courage to use a nail gun for the first time, the confidence to ask a difficult question about someone's experiences during the civil rights movement. We learned a lesson in humility by listening and learning as the project manager explained how to use an unfamiliar power tool. And once we humbled ourselves enough to let go of preconceived assumptions, we were able to hear stories of American history and see how those stories continue to play out before us in real time. We help because it's the right thing to do, not because we want to repay a past kindness and not because we hope one day that benevolence will be returned to us, but because it is what God sends us out to do. That is how we spread his love in the world. Thank you. and I want to share some stories about some of the people we met and learned about that inspired us on our trip to Mississippi. So here, that's our youth group with Charles McLaurin, and he was a leader of SNCC, which is the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee during the Civil Rights Movement, and he helped organize Freedom Summer, which was when um, different volunteers from across the country, many of whom were white, came to, Missis came to the Mississippi Delta to help register black voters. And he talked to us about how Freedom Summer was when he finally felt that he became um, human again because he saw that other people cared and that it was possible um, for change to happen there. And there he is in the back with other civil rights leaders of the time. And he also worked with Fannie Lou Hamer, who was another civil rights leader. Um, 
during the Civil Rights Movement, and we visited her memorial, and that's the first full-body statue of an African-American woman in the United States, um, and it was only built a couple years ago. We also learned about Medgar Evers. He was the field secretary for the NAACP in, the Missis um, in Mississippi during the Civil Rights Movement, and he was assassinated um, in 1964 in his driveway by Byron Della Beckwith. And we visited his home, and we learned about the different um, safety measures that he had to install in his house. Um, he basically knew he was always going to be assassinated and targeted. His house was shot three times before he was killed. And he had to, his children did not sleep on uh, bed frames. They slept on the floor so that they were lower from the windows. And they had to watch TV on the floor, too, so that they couldn't be seen or shot at through windows. Some other heroes we met were um, Jimmy Moore, Gracie, and Miss Veronica. Um, Jimmy Moore and Gracie helped us with our projects and around the sites. Um, Miss Veronica is a really inspirational woman. She lives an hour away and is a pastor to two different churches. Um, and she arrived at the Sunflower United Methodist Church when it only had four members in its congregation. And she saw the facilities that they had and knew that it would make a great mission. So she basically renovated the entire um, building and started bringing in different youth groups. And now they have diff like 200 different home applications of people that want to get their home fixed. Um, and she like used to be an alligator farmer. She does like all these cool things. And yeah, so thank you. Let's turn to prayer. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, thank you for your message and your people. Thank you for leading 12 of us to Mississippi and for leading all of us to work for love and justice right here in Davis. We are humbled by the difference a tiny church in a forgotten corner of the Delta can make and inspired to follow its example in our own corner of the world. We pray for peace and justice and an end to racism and violence. We pray for Kristen Stoneking and all those working on the ground in Ferguson, Missouri and elsewhere to shine a light on injustice. And we pray for Kristen's family that we may find ways to support them, especially when Kristen is absent. We thank you for the inspiring example of Charles McLaurin and Fannie Lou Hamer and Medgar Evers and so many others, past and present, and ask for your guidance in continuing their work. We pray for all those who need healing, whether of body or of mind or of spirit. We pray for those we worked with in Mississippi. We pray for Mr. Sylvester and his struggle with substance abuse, we pray for Mr. Clyde, that his last days may be full of peace. We pray for Miss Bunny and Miss Alice and all those who work to take care of their family members. We pray for Pastor Veronica Pritchard, that you continue to give her the strength and vision to do her amazing work, and that you give her times of respite and joy to replenish her for all the work ahead. We pray for President Jimmy Carter 
always a voice for justice and reconciliation as he undergoes treatment for cancer. We pray for Terry Wagner's friend, Cynthia, who broke her leg and is recovering in Woodland. And we pray for peace and comfort for all those who are terminally ill. We ask your comfort for all those who are mourning the loss of a loved one. And this morning, we especially think of Julian Bond, someone who worked with John Lewis and then worked for years and years to bring justice to the United States. We gratefully receive your good news, O Lord. We have so much to be grateful for, so much to celebrate in our lives. We thank you for this congregation, a group of people who supports and listens to its young people. We thank you for Sunflower UMC and for their inspiring, humbling mission. Eternal God, open our minds and hearts to the ways that we can seek justice and do kindness, and help us feel your presence with us as we continue to pray in silence. Gracious God, we join together in the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God is so generous with us, and we in turn are inspired to be generous with others. We sent our young people off on a life-changing trip, and today we use our money to seek justice and a special offering to fund health care for the poor. We bring you our service, we bring you our hearts, we bring you our gifts to set before you in gratitude. Bless all that we bring and help us use these gifts in your service. Amen. Amen. As we leave today, let us all remember God's command. To seek justice. To love our enemies. To walk humbly.